Hey y'all, good morning. Welcome to It's a Religion, where, if I can find the adjustments on my mic. So, thank you for being here. We appreciate you uh, stopping by to be encouraged, hopefully to be edified, to be built up in the Word of God and the things of the Lord. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. I almost did that at a public meeting the other day. This uh, reverb, uh, refurbed um, credo about our uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Because it seems like we are two nations. We are a nation whose uh, God is itself or its uh, religion of secular humanism. And you have a sub-nation that's got uh, a religion of all kinds of other things like Mohammedism and, and Buddhism and Shintoism and whatever other ism. And then you have folks who believe in the Lord God Almighty and, and follow the Christian faith. Um you know, you have folks in there that follow the Jewish faith. But I think those, all these things typically align on two sides. Either you believe in the one true God or you don't. You believe in something else. And, and that's how I tee this up, I guess, to say, you know, we aren't really one nation under God anymore. We used to be. Um, but I think Obama was right. When he came into office, he started to... Uh, force feed that change at a more, much more rapid rate um, you know starting out saying he was a Christian and then I think he's actually a Muslim myself but that's beside the point anyway welcome and uh, we start with the word of God here we believe it's true we believe it's the uh, thing that he gave us that that we can glean understanding from it says in the Bible that the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. And you can't fear him without knowing him. You can't know him without reading his word and understanding what he has said about who he is and what he said about what he's done and what he said about why we're here and what the purpose of all this is. So you can try and fill those blanks in with other things or you can come to the source of truth. You know, we have eyewitness accounts that go back 6,000 years to... You know, God creating the earth. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's pretty simple. Um, but man has tried over the years to, to say many things, to do many things, to create many things that go against that uh, truth, if you will. So, but... At this point, uh, this show, what we're trying to do is just read through the Bible. Um, I may make a comment or two along the way, and then eventually we'll come back and we'll start studying the Bible um, and look at uh, viewpoints and things like that. Um, but at this at this juncture, I think it was best. I'd like to you know just put down a recording of the Bible. Now, as I go through the Old Testament. I may not read word for word at this point because it, it's uh, you can do that yourself. Uh, but I want to I'm I'm still going through all this so that people get a, a feel for um, the character of God and what 
what he's like because I think it speaks a lot to that in the Old Testament. But again, this whole endeavor, this whole book, is really about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that created everything in the beginning. He's the one that comes in and out of this story, uh, especially until you get to the New Testament, and then he is the story. But um, there's just there's so much good in here. And, uh, you know, some of which, you, I don't know, I'm not going to ever understand until he explains it to me someday. Um, and I'm thankful that I'll have eternity to, to do that, to get that understanding. And even then, I probably won't care. But we are in Exodus chapter 29. So let's, let's dig into this a little bit and see where we go today. This is about the consecration of priests. Now, Israel is, has come out from Egypt. They are in the wilderness, and God has uh, instructed them to build a tabernacle for worshiping him, for uh, segregating a group of folks, the Levites, to be priests unto him. And they need to be consecrated. They need to be separated at a different level at this point. And I think there's, if you look at this, there's some, uh, I don't want to say purpose in this, to show when Jesus comes and does what he does, that priesthood, that separateness is no longer necessary because the veil is torn and we all have access to, Paul says boldly, go to the throne through Christ and his blood. Because he is now our high priest. He is the, our, you know, the leader of the, the Christian church. There is no need for a priesthood or an intermediary because he is our intermediary to God. So, but let's, let's see again in the Old Testament with the Israelite folks what, what God has called them to do with the priesthood. Now, this is what you shall do to them to consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. Take one bull of the herd and two rams without blemish. And unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers smeared with oil, you shall make them of fine wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and bring them in the basket and bring the bowl and two rams. You shall bring all or shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. And you shall take garments and put Aaron on Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and the gird with him skillfully with woven band of the ephod and you shall set the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and point and anoint him and you shall bring his sons and put coats on them and you shall gird Aaron and his sons with the sashes and bind caps on them and the priesthood shall be heirs by a statue forever thus you shall ordain Aaron and his sons then you shall bring the bull before the tent of meeting and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull then you shall kill the bull before the Lord and at the entrance of the tent of meeting and shall take part of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with the young with your finger and the rest of the blood you shall pour out at the base of the altar and you shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the long robe of the silver, the liver and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them and burn them on the altar. But the flesh of the bull and its skin and its dung you shall burn with fire outside the camp. 
Then you shall take one of the rams, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall kill the ram, and shall take its blood, and throw it against the sides of the altar. Then you shall cut the ram into pieces, and wash its entrails and legs, and put them into pieces with its head, and burn the whole ram on the altar as a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. So I've always thought that was interesting, that God takes uh, pleasure in um, the smell of uh, burnt offering right it's a pleasing aroma it says you shall take the other ram and Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on the head of the ram and you shall kill the ram and take part of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tips of the right ears of his sons and on the thumbs of their right hands and on the great toes of the right feet now life is in the blood folks there's a lot in here about blood and what blood does you shall Take part of the blood that is on the altar and the anointing oil and sprinkle on Aaron and on his garments and on his son's garments with him. And he and his garments shall be holy and his sons and his son's garments with him. You shall take the fat from the ram and the fat tail and the fat that covers the entrails, the long robe, the silver and the fat that is on them and the right thigh. For it is the ram of the ordination and one loaf of bread, one cake of bread made with oil, one wafer out of the basket of unleavened bread. That is before the Lord. You shall put all these on the palms of Aaron and on the palms of his sons and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. Then you shall take from, take them from their hands and burn them on the altar on the top of the burnt offering as a pleasing aroma before the Lord. It is a food offering to the Lord. You shall take the breast of the ram of Aaron's ordination and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord and it shall be your portion. And you shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering that is waved on the thigh of the priest's portion that is contributed from the ram of ordination from what is or what was Aaron's and his sons. It shall be for Aaron and his sons as a perpetual due from the people of Israel, for it is a contribution. It shall be a contribution from the people of Israel from their peace offerings and their contribution to the Lord. The holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him. They shall be anointed in them and ordained in them. The son who succeeds him as a priest, who comes into the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place, shall wear them seven days. You shall take the ram of ordination and boil its flesh in the holy place. And Aaron and his son shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket in the entrance of the tent of meeting. And they shall eat those things with which atonement was made at their ordination and consecration. But an outsider shall not eat of them because they are holy. And if any of the flesh, the ordination of the bread of man, or bread remain until morning, then you shall burn the remainder with the fire. It shall not be eaten because it is holy. Thus you shall do to Aaron and to his sons according to all that I have commanded you. Through seven days shall you ordain them, and every day you shall offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement. You shall purify the altar when you make atonement for it, and shall anoint it to consecrate it. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and consecrate it, and the altar shall be the most holy. Whatever touches the altar shall become holy. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar. Two lambs a year old, day by day, regularly. One lamb you shall offer in the morning. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight. And with the first lamb a tenth measure of fine flour, mingled with a fourth of hin of beating oil, and a fourth of hin of wine for a drink offering. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and shall offer with a grain offering and its drink offering as in the morning for a pleasing aroma 
a food offering to the Lord. It shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak with you there. There I will meet with the people of Israel that shall be sanctified by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. Aaron also and his sons will I consecrate to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the people of Israel, and I will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. So God has wanted a relationship with his people this whole time. And yet, you know, people will read this, as I do today, and I struggle a little bit even myself, as much as I love and trust God. Like, why did he have to do it this way? You know, what is the purpose in all this stuff? Like burning meat a certain way and doing the wave offering and doing... I don't know. I'm, these are the things that I want to ask him someday. I think people will probably... If you read some opinions on this, I'm sure you can find people who will offer you an opinion on it. I'm not one who will do that because I don't know the purpose behind all of these things. I know that life is in the blood and blood is very important in the process. That when someone sins, there's atonement that needs to be made with blood. And this is part of the process that God ordains for his priests um, in the Old Testament. So thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ that we don't need to do all this stuff anymore. We, didn't, we are not called to do this, especially as Gentiles in the New Testament. We, we are just called to believe, to trust in uh, Jesus. So very interesting, I think, very interesting stuff. So um, let's leave that at that today. You know, think on that, um, you know, and again, it, I think it goes back to the detail God puts into things. He doesn't do things lightly. He doesn't do things without a purpose. Uh, he obviously had a purpose in doing this with uh, Aaron and his sons. And that's the way he works. He, he doesn't, he's not like me where I can fly off on a handle or a tangent at a moment's notice. I mean, he's very uh, purposeful and he's very uh, steady. He doesn't, you know, and he doesn't need us for anything. But he's like, hey, if you want me, you know, I will be your God, but you need to do things the way I call you to do them. And I think that's only right. If he owns the whole thing, if he created the whole thing, do, do we not owe him our allegiance? Do we not owe him our trust? Do we not owe him to figure out how he wants us to live this life? So, Lord God Almighty, thank you for this day. Pray that you bless it and keep it. Hey, have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Lord, for the small things Like me and her on a porch swing For summer nights and fireflies And the sound of my old six-string Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings If I still got breath in these lungs Then that's all I need to get down on my knees And be thankful for all that he's done For my mama, for my friend, for your love